Today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com right now and you'll get 50% off just about any item. All you have to do is enter the code word GLORY, G-L-O-R-Y, at checkout. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hill Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way, we bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 591 of Cognitive Dissonance and Cecil. We are recording a mere, like, three or four days after the last fucking time we recorded, yeah, buddy. Yeah, it's a pretty short turnaround. It's we have short to do turn. early week this week. Uh, next, next, this week, though, we had to record early because we are finishing out, we just finished out, Vulgarity for Charity 2019. We just recorded Skating Guys. <laughs> you heard that right, 2019. <laughs> 2019 is going to be on at the end of the show, so be sure to stick around for that. If you're waiting for your roasts, there's a couple of them still at the end of the show here. And uh, and we just recorded on Scathing 2. I think that came out before this releases, though. So, But there's two ska- uh, Vulgarity for Charity segments and then like one more song that's going to be played on a future Scathing. And that's it. We're done for this. And then we get to start our planning for the next, next Vulgarity, Vulgarity for, for Charity. charity. You know, it's, I, I will say, though, like as, as absurd as it is to have spent two years meeting our obligations, that's because we raised $306,000 yeah, in money. total. It's a lot of money. And we did over eleven hundred roasts. We did. We, you know, the amount of work that goes into number this of is an it's an immense amount of work. And I just want to say, like, I don't mind at all doing no. that work. It's a hundred percent. I'm great. I'm grateful to do it. I'm happy to do it, and I'm happy that people donated. But it was an immense amount of work. It was hours and hours and hours and hours of writing. You just got. It takes me, you know, on average, you know, two hours to four hours to write for a for a, for script. a script. Yeah. And if you're looking at thirty scripts. You know, that's a goodly sum of time that we yep. that we spent on that. And that's just me. That's not all five members of the cast. So it's a lot, it's a lot of work for all of us, but we are happy to do it because people came out in droves to donate. Yeah, I just I just think back to that drive sometimes and I think what an amazing thing that our audience has helped us do. Yeah, right, right. You know, I just it's just such it's it's such an immense yeah. amount of help that was given yeah. to some people that really needed it. For so sure. we're we're done with that charity drive and I I am I just want to say thank you to everybody. I know we've done it in the past. But thank you to everybody that donated to Modest Needs. Yeah. We love that organization, and you guys really did some good. Yeah. And so thank they'll you. They'll be the target again this year. No, I think actually the reason some people care and some people don't is that some people see the planet as something they have to be grateful for, thankful for, they should nurture and care for it. And other people see the planet as something you stand on. Really? <laughs> well, I'm just standing on it. I'll stand on something else if you've got it. <laughs> you give me something, I'll stand on it, mate. Stand on fucking anything, I don't care. Well, okay. All right. We, I mean, who fucking knows when this gets released, um, what's going to happen? But I can predict one thing, Cecil. Yeah. By the time this show gets released, uh, one week from the day we record it, we will not have won the war in Afghanistan. <laughs> 
And I will predict that because nobody's ever won a war in Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. The British gave it two tries. Yeah. The Russians gave it a whirl. And then we put a good 20 years into it. Yeah. And we just lost the war in Afghanistan. And I just want to be like, I think that that's the right terminology. And I want to make sure that to, to purposefully use it. We lost the war in Afghanistan. We went to war in Afghanistan in 2001 in order to uh, unseat the Taliban, who was providing a base and cover for uh, Al-Qaeda. Um, after the 9-11 attacks, we went in there. We removed the Taliban from their authority position as a government, as the Islamic Emirate of uh, Af Afghanistan. That's what their, their government called themselves. It's what they're going to call themselves again starting sure. now, starting sure. tonight, yeah. they announced. Um, we unseat them from power. Uh, we spent 20 years yeah. trying to build a quasi-secular, quasi-democratic government um, to build an Afghan army and to, uh, we failed. We failed. We failed. We walked out the door and fairly immediately after walking out the door, the Taliban surged and they took every fucking city and they are in complete control. The president of Afghanistan fled to Tajikistan uh, with carloads of cash from what I read in AP. Um, and we accomplished in 20 years, fucking nothing, fucking nothing lasting, Cecil. Absolutely nothing. And, you know, let's be real honest. The, the goals of imperialism are to, you know, make a lot of money. Right. And that's what a lot of people did in Afghanistan. People made a fucking shit ton of money. Yep. There was contractors sent over there. Same thing with Iraq, right? The contractors got sent over there. The money from funding came over. And there was just a lot of money to be made. And it's really just a cash cow to milk fucking money from the government to try to get it into these corporations through government contracts. That's literally all it is. It's what we do. Yeah. And we, we went over there to make a lot. That's why the fucking war happened, man. It happened because there's fucking rich people wanted a war to happen. And they fucking made the war happen. That's it. Yep. And then we fucking, they milked the fucking teats of the American taxpayer for trillions of dollars. Trillions. Yep. And now the, the people who get to suffer are the people who are over there. They're the ones who get to suffer. Yeah, man. Like, there's no way to look at Afghanistan and not, I mean, I, I've been thinking about this for, for a couple of days now. If you just do the fucking trolley problem on Afghanistan, right? Just, just run this thing as a trolley problem. 9-11 was ostensibly the reason that we invaded Afghanistan, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So we were saying, okay, 9-11 happened. Al-Qaeda was the group that, that that did that. The Taliban was providing them training ground and cover. Yeah, okay. 3,000 people died, yeah. right? Okay, well, uh, in terms of American contract, if you're just counting American lives first, American contractors and American military, it's about 7,200 people died. Yeah. So if you run the trolley problem, we could have had another 9-11 and then another 9-11. Yeah. And we still would have been ahead of the game yeah. in terms of, Lost American lives. Sure. So if you say like, well, we prevented another 9-11, we're still behind on the American body count, if that's the only body count that's you it, yeah, if you're, And, right? now, I and understand that's, yeah. you're just doing the trolley problem, and I right. want people to understand that side. Tom doesn't think like that, no, no. but it's just that you want to make sure just, to mention. So just on a, on a pragmatic, utilitarian trolley problem basis, if we prevented another 9-11, we're still in the loss. Yeah. We're in a lost position, right? It, the money that we put out, just us putting out, 
like you said, trillions, trillions of, dollars. of dollars. People will tell you all the time. You'll hear it all the time. Wow, we can't pay for this educational program. Yep. We can't pay for that man. medical program. We can't. We can't give kids, you know, a free a, an education or a leg up. We don't want to increase the food stamp benefit, guys. We, we where's all this money going to come? We find the money Always. when it comes to war. Nobody ever even asks a question. Right. They literally don't even ask a question. They're right. just like, oh, we're going to fund that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just and we're going to ship money and that money to your point, Cecil. A huge amount of that money is just going to float right back over to the friends of the fucking warmongers, right? The guys who own Halliburton and all the rest of these fucking, you know, fucking mercenary for hire, uh, Milita, Lockheed Martin and all the rest of yeah, these sure. fucking companies, money. right? It's just, so just money. So they're going to shit all this money right back in this great big fucking circle jerk back into themselves and they fucking invest in it before they vote on this shit. Let's sure. not pretend Absolutely. they don't. 100%. Right? And then if you look at 9-11, you say, holy shit, and I think you should, Holy shit, that was a fucking tragedy. That was a tragedy. It cost 3,000 or so human lives. They were innocent lives that were lost that day. That is a tragedy. But if you look at the other side of the equation, we killed about 90,000 innocent Afghans. Yeah. 90,000. Yeah, man. It's 30 to 1 yeah. on the atrocity side. Sure. 30 to 1. I'm not talking about military losses, Taliban losses, 60,000 Taliban losses. So if you, if you say like war is war, combatants are combatants, we're going to set aside the moral calculus. And I don't think you should, but even if you do set aside the moral calculus there and you count only civilian casualties, you're looking at about 90,000 Afghan lives lost. Uh, it's a three to one yeah. civilian sure. to civilian, 30 to one rather, civilian to civilian basis. Like how do you justify that morally? You can't justify it in terms of we saved American lives. We didn't. If we prevented two 9-11s, we're still in a lost position. If we prevented two 9 we could rebuild. We spent trillions of dollars. We could rebuild whatever buildings they could knock down for less than the trillions of dollars we spent going to war. And we didn't have to kill 30 times. to 1. Yeah, 30 times the people. 30 times the number of people. Yeah. What we're saying is one American life is worth 30 yeah. Afghan lives. Sure. And then at the end of the whole thing, it meant nothing. Yeah. Because at the end of the 20-year cycle, what do we get out of it? We got nothing. The Taliban's back in control. Women pay the ultimate price in Afghanistan, just like they did before we showed up. The people who helped America and helped the, you yeah. know, were our translators and contractors and the people who worked for the Afghan army and worked for the coalition government we were trying to build, those people are absolutely fucked. They're just fucked and their families are fucked and they're on a list and you fucking better believe the Taliban's coming after them because they said they're going to. What the fuck did we get out of this thing, man? Yeah, well, and and who's to blame? All the government's to blame. Everybody. Everybody's to blame. Don't, there's no fucking pick a side on this. Oh, this side did it, this side did it. Now, don't get me wrong. G-dubs fucking ran over there with, yep. the, with the army. But fucking Reagan sowed those seeds years ago when he fucking gave all those people all kinds of fucking weapons to fight the Russians, yep. right? Yeah, he armed so the Mujahideen. He armed them. Yep. And then the, from them came the Taliban. So, you know, we armed those people years ago. So this is not just a G-dub problem, but it is a G-dub problem because he's the one who picked the war. But then Obama kept fucking going. Yep. He kept going the whole time. Trump said he was going to leave and Trump... I, at some point, he was like going to meet with the Taliban, and like it was a they signed a peace nuts. treaty with the Taliban. Yeah, and that's then, why Biden's hands were yeah, tied. And then now they're just like, yeah, whatever. We're going to take the whole place over. And you know, here's the thing: Democrats have been been playing hawk 
for way too long. Yep. And they do it because it's a rootin' tootin', we're fucking America, hee-haw, poom, 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 shooting in the air, you're shooting the fucking ground like Yosemite Sam to shoot yourself in the air because we we recognize that you're, that at least the Democrats recognize you're never gonna get a vote if you look weak, right? So they've always been, even, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of Democrats out there that are fucking hawks, right? There are plenty of them. Tons of them. But there's also a lot that just join on because they realize that if they don't do it, they're going to look like they're weak and their their opponent's going to win so that they have to because our our country fucking loves war. We fucking love it. We we venerate soldiers. We you know, we have at least hundreds of thousands of monuments to soldiers in our country. Like we we it's like a fucking it's a cult. It's literally a cult and we worship at the feet of the soldier. And so they need this we need to stop being doing this to other places on the on the globe. There's plenty of ways to help out Afghanistan and not be a fucking invading force. There's plenty of ways to do that. And we've never even tried to do no. anything else. We've never even tried to. And I know that people are going to be like, yeah, but we did this and we built this and we did that and we did this. Yeah, but you did it as an invading force. And that's a totally different thing. There's never a helping hand up. The other thing I want to say too, is that right now it's Democrats versus Republicans. Their Democrats are trying to spin this as if, you know, this is what we wanted all along. And the Republicans are trying to spin it as if, damn it, how dare you pull us out of there, right? right. Because now they've re removed uh, a page on the GOP website that said that there was a historic deal that Trump put together yep. with the Taliban. The, the peace treaty yeah. with the Taliban Trump, that Trump signed. Trump talked about it less than a month ago at one of his rallies yep. where he talked about how Biden's going to get the credit for the thing that he created, right? But they are trying to change history. I don't know if you saw the images of those people trying to leave. That's yeah, a heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking thing yeah. to watch. But watch them try to leave. Watch the people in Afghanistan try to leave. They're running down the street to get to the airport. They're trying to cling on to the plane to literally carry them on a plane, which you cannot hold on right. to, by the way. Yeah. There, there was something that fell from a plane. I was not able to confirm that that was actually oh, a person. Oh, but there's a, a plane really fucking high up there that dropped something. And I'm not sure if it's a person or not. But anyway... There's going to be a group of Republicans that are going to they're going to look at those people and they're going to be like, oh, how could you? You look at how terrible our you know our our leadership is that we would lead these people there. And I just want to quickly draw a parallel to the people at our southern border who have to do almost the exact same thing to get here. They have to practically cling onto a plane. They walk thousands of miles of desert right. to get to our fucking southern border to try to get in. And these people, the people that you know are on the Republican side. Don't give a fuck about those nope. people. No. They only care about the fucking soundbite. What does it do for my side? And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what it does for my side on this. I, there's no way to win this. There was no way. It was damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he stays there, you're fucked. Yeah. Because yep. you're, you're, you're mired in a war that you didn't start, that you got to continue for the next 20 years. You leave, you're fucked. Because you essentially fucked that whole country because you propped it up with the American government's military. Yep. And then you leave and now those people are like fucking it's mine now and they are going through and making it they're turning off every light. Yep. Yeah, man, it's the fucking 7th century again. It, it, the thing it's like they immediately declared that they are instituting their fucking 1300-year-old version of fucking Sharia law. They they literally went into radio stations and turned off all the music. The music dies in Afghanistan when the fucking Taliban takes over, right? The only thing that's allowed is fucking religious chanting. That's it. Women are back in fucking full-body cover-ups, yeah. no burkas, more schools. et cetera. Yeah. No more school. But before before uh, 2001, women were not allowed to get an education. 
And that's the same rule that the American slave owners had for black slaves on plantations, right? We you you keep people subservient by denying them a fucking education. You deny them access to the ability to read, to write, to better themselves, yeah, yeah. to understand the world. That is strategic as fuck. That's 51% of their own population. Women are 51, half, more than half, a little more than half of their population systematically completely controlled. Disenfranchised. And disenfranchised. They're essentially slaves. Yeah. There, there is there is no meaningful distinction between women in a 7th century Sharia-controlled society and slavery. They, they, I read a story today about a woman who was sick, and she wasn't able to go to the doctor because, and this is in Afghanistan, and one of the towns that got controlled before Kabul. Kabul, Kabul fell today. So that's the last yeah, you know, yeah, stronghold. Yeah. So she was sick, but the rule was she couldn't leave her house without a male guardian. So she had a daughter. She shaved her daughter's head and dressed her two-month-old daughter in boy clothes because that counts as a male guardian because a two-month-old male has more social status than a full-grown fucking woman does in this fucking society. It is a horror. The Taliban is a fucking horror. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't. Yeah, no. But like, no, I, I do either. think that like once you break it, you bought it. Yeah. We shouldn't have fucking broke it. Yeah. But I I have a hard time. I have a really hard time feeling like once we break it, don't we have a responsibility to it? And it, just because we don't like the, the, the fact that that responsibility may never end doesn't change our level of responsibility. You know, we didn't go to Afghanistan for humanitarian reasons. They try to spin it that way after a few years, right? Oh, we're here to build schools for women. We're here to you know, create no, democracy. You're there because you, you wanted to kick some ass. We were there for bloodlust. Yeah. We were there for vengeance, right? Yeah. That's what. That's why we went there. I mean, I remember when George W. stood in front of the whole fucking world and he said, you're either with us or against us. We're going to root you out every cave. And, you yeah. know, he did his whole Tommy Lee Jones outhouse, doghouse, henhouse yeah. speech, yeah. you know, about terrorists. That's why we went there. But once you go there, don't you have a responsibility to what you've broken? And I, I don't know that you stay there forever and I don't know that you leave and I'm not an expert in those kind of politics, but goddamn, if I'm not 100% certain, who pays the fucking price? Yeah. And it's, it, it's fucking heartbreaking. You look at those pictures of like people packed into these massive transport planes and, and these are the people that were lucky enough to get on one. And they're people that like, they spent almost an entire generation, 20 years, helping the American forces who said, we're going to make your world better. We're going we're gonna to help you build a democracy. And they trusted that. And if they didn't get on that plane, their fucking lives are over, man. Yeah, yeah. And we're just like, yeah, all right. We don't want a forever war. We're out. Yeah. I don't know, man. I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time. Like, we break it. Didn't we buy it? I, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, like, like who, takes care, who takes care of that now? And, you know, fuck, we broke it when we gave them fucking a shit ton of weapons a long time ago. Right. You know, you broke it a long time ago. And, and it's been broke for a long time. And, and every single time we've gone out into the world to pretend we're peacekeepers, we've fucking failed. Like, yep. we feel really fucking badly. For the, you know, the might and power of the United States government, we sure do shit, get the shit kicked out of us quite often and have to run away. And, and every single thing we, that the United States government's army builds fucking falls apart pretty fucking quickly. Right. Name a fucking successful military campaign yeah. in your lifetime. It is just such a fucking sad thing to watch. And there's no outcome 
There was no outcome from the from the fucking get-go. Yeah. There was not an outcome from the fucking get-go that was ever going to turn out well. Yeah. And any student of fucking Afghans, Afghanistan's history. And let's be really clear. Like, if you're a fucking military, you should be a student of this history. Fucking A. Yeah. Right? It's not me to read a fucking Atlantic article to tell me about this shit. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're a goddamn general planning an invasion, you might want to raise your hand and say, you know that... Lots of people have tried this. Nobody's ever done this before. Yeah. It's always been a failure. It's been a failure for literally like a thousand fucking years. It might be an exaggeration, but it's not much. Yeah. But it's like, it's like fucking invading for invading Russia to go to Moscow. Right. It's like, that's stupid. Don't do that. Let's march boys. Winter time's the time. Don't do (laughs) that. It's stupid. Jesus. So sad. It is. And it's fucking heartbreaking. And if you seek out those images, you're going to see a heartbreaking thing as these people desperate to leave are trying to leave. They just, right. they, you know, and and that tells you how great it is under the Taliban, right? Yeah. To show the mass exodus, that yeah. shows you what you need to know. Every single street is crowded. Every every place is fucking yeah. 100% packed to try to leave. Yeah, Nobody man, wants to be there. They're fucking terrified. There, there is a violent mi- minority of people who, and, and it is a minority. It's 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 numerically, be 100% clear about this. It is a minority, but it is a violent, powerful minority of people that is going to terrorize and control that country yeah. for the foreseeable future. And, you know, Trump, as late as like last month or month before, said something like, you know, a vote for Biden is a vote for the forever war, right? So this was going to happen. Yeah. This was so I, Biden has some blame here. I'm not saying he doesn't. He absolutely does. And I want to be clear because I criticized Trump when Trump pulled out of uh, Syria and Iraq and he left the fucking Kurds, our allies, hanging high and dry. And the Russians fucking went yeah, in yeah. and they fucking took over that whole thing. I criticized Trump for leaving and abandoning our allies with no fucking notice. It's the wrong call. It, it, it It's yeah. not a good thing to do. Yeah. This was not the right way to leave yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah. And maybe, and even though, even though it's fucking really shitty, maybe once you break it, you fucking bought it. Yeah. And that's it. And just because that's unpalatable doesn't make it less true. And why would you be hunting in an abandoned warehouse or factory? Say you tracked this big buck to the outskirts of town and you found that he'd made himself a makeshift home in the bottom of an abandoned warehouse. With a handgun, you could easily sneak up on him and get a death shot. That way he won't be running around with your daughter anymore and filling her head with ridiculous ideas and corrupting her character. All right. So, Tom, we just yep. did a concealed carry class. So, before in the past, there's a, a short that we did where we just finished our concealed carry class in Chicago and we wanted to talk about the experience that we had. So, we, we recorded a, a, an episode right afterwards. It turns out in Illinois, after like four years, four or five years, yeah. you have to get a fucking, you have to re up. And it's not like a license, like a fucking regular driver's license. They make you go to another class. You have to take another refresher class and you have to pay that person to teach you the refresher class and you have to pay another X amount of dollars to the state and then you have to wait for your replacement card to come in the mail. And so Tom and I took a refresher course. (laughs) Uh, And so the refresher course, I I met a guy at a local, uh, there was one of these county fair things going on. So I'd never been to a county fair. So I figured I'd go. And as I'm walking through, there's a whole place where you're walking through and there's just a million people hawking at you. It's just, you know, they're selling you, trying to sell you flooring, trying to sell you fucking Costco, trying to sell you T-Mobile. Every other one is a chiropractor. I already know that. I've already been there. And then at the end is a quiet guy and his wife and they got a, like a, 
a bunch of people, like a bunch of images of people shooting guns. <laughs> and the guy looks 100% like, you know, an IRA guy. And so I walk up and I say, and he's got a concealed carry thing. And I said, do you teach the refresher course? And he says, I sure do. And now Tom and I were looking for these courses and they're, you know, a good close to $200 a, pay, a piece to get into them. This guy's teaching it for 75 bucks. <laughs> and so I was like, 75 bucks is better than 200 and he lives close by. And so I was like, well, why don't we try to take this course? And I set up a course with him. He sets up a special course for Tom and I to come over to his house. And I'm thinking we're going to go to like a place where there's like a, you know, a pole barn or, you know, we're going to rent out a room at the Y or something. This We, we are not at the Y, Tom. No. Where were we? You know, I, I, I drive up and it's like a Saturday morning or Friday morning or whatever it is, like eight o'clock. And I drive up to the address that like I've got on my fucking GPS and it's just like some dude's house in the middle of like a country lane. And I pull up and there's a fucking, first of all, there's a fence with the biggest dog I have ever seen in my entire, the dog was a horse dog. It was a huge dog. If it had two more heads, it would have been fucking Cerebus. 100%. That yeah. dog is the fucking biggest dog I've ever seen. could have rode on its back in the never ending story. You could ride that thing into yeah. battle. It Are you amazing. kidding me? Yeah. It's fucking enormous. This huge husky wolf horse. Yeah. thing was there. And then this dude is just in his front yard and he's, I swear to God, he's got fucking like overalls. He is like, he is like a character out of a fucking movie. He is like a stereotype made of other stereotypes. And he's super fucking nice. He's like the nicest guy ever. So we chit chat for a little while. Cecil comes up and he's like, all right, well, you know, let's do our thing. And so we go into his house and we go into this guy's living room. <laughs> just his living room, and he's got old man living room. And I know that my dad has old man living room. He's got old man living room. So it's like it's like a Barca lounger, like six feet away from the TV because the vision's not so good with like TV tray tables. It's everything you think it is. And then Cecil and I are set up at actual like old-fashioned card, card tables. Card tables, 100% card like tables. Card yeah. tables with like a folding chair. He gets one, Cecil gets one, I get one. The dog is bigger than the card tables. It comes bounding in, you know? And then this guy is just teaching us he concealed carry yeah, shit. He plugged his laptop into his computer. Into his TV. Into his TV. And then he just did a PowerPoint presentation. And so now I want to talk about two things. One is when we took the, the course downtown, the guy who taught that course was fucking Dirty Harry's cousin. Oh my God, yes, he, he was. He could not stop talking about perpetrators and how you're going to pull out your gun. And if you pull out your gun, make sure no matter what, even if you weren't uh, weren't fighting for your life to say you were fighting for your life, he's telling us ways to like get around yeah. murder charges. Yeah. Yep. It was the creepiest, scariest fucking thing ever. Yep. And, you know, he's, he's in the middle of Chicago. And so when we came out here, I'm thinking, oh my God, this course is going to be fucking Yahoo shooter, shooter, whatever McGavin. And don't get me wrong. This guy did on a couple occasions break into that NRA good guy with a gun stuff. And he yeah. did do it a couple times, but for the most part, it was a relatively controlled speech that he gave, which at a certain point, he even said, if you have a lot of ego and you're a macho guy and you think you're a tough guy, you don't need a gun. Right. Like he literally I said, appreciated that I a lot. I yeah. appreciate it. It was a couple of times, but he also did do what the other guy did, which is talk about when that guy was saying like, 
I forget what the other guy said, but this guy used the phrase fog of war. Yeah, he said fog. Like, he uh, said fog of war several times. Don't don't load your gun. Don't put your gun in a holster on your side. And during the fog of war, you want to make sure there's no bullet in the chamber and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's not fog of war, dude. First off, I'm probably never, ever going to shoot anybody. But if I do, that's not a war. <laughs> I shot a guy. That's not a war. He also, he also indulged in, and I think you have to in order to buy into the whole concealed carry thing. He also several times indulged in that narrative of um, a shootout. Yeah. Right. And also Where, bad guy, good guy. For bad sure. guy, good guy. And he said the word shootout one time, like there's going to be like a some okay corral shit going on and he's got a gun and I got a gun and we're, it's who draws faster, partner. And like, it's just like, first of all, man, there's no world where I'm ever, like I have the license to have the license. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm just keeping that. Yeah. Um, but there is no world where I would put a gun on my hip and walk around. I can't imagine. That makes you so much less safe. It's so vulnerable. It's I feel so, so much so vulnerable safe. with it. Yeah. yeah. When it's in my car, when it's near me, I always feel vulnerable. Yeah. That gun makes me vastly that less gun safe. just sits in my safe. Right. I don't Same do thing. anything right. with it. Yeah. I, I, I rarely shoot it. Right. Yeah. But like, he, like there is a, there is a narrative that these guys really believe that, that at some point there's a, there's a good chance in their minds that they're going to get involved yeah. in some kind of they think deadly altercation. I'm like, bro, you're set. This guy's 74 yeah. years old. And I guarantee that guy's never been in a fucking shootout. I know. So if I can make it to 74 without getting in a shootout. I feel like that's a pretty good odds. It's also like, it's that thin blue line lie that there's yeah. the one thing, one thing that's create that's saving us from chaos is the thin blue line of the right, police officer. Right, right, and it's right. the same thing here. It's like, the one thing that's stopping all the marauders from stealing everybody's goods is that they could occasionally run across a guy with a concealed carry permit. And so they don't do it. And it's like, bullshit. Are you right. kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. It's a dumb idea. But that, that there's that bullshit mentality of, you know, I'm that guy's got a gun and you got a gun and, you know, there's going to be this shootout. And, and, there's, and there's a language that they all seem yep. to use. This guy was much less... Rootin' tootin' than the guy downtown, and much also much less, um, very much less, in my opinion, telling you how to avoid murder charges. Yeah, he well, was the yeah, first class was a lot of time spent was, on that. The first class spent so much time trying to like getting you to memorize all the things you need to say so you don't get murder charges because they expect that you're gonna shoot somebody. He kept saying, like, do not ever pull your gun out. The, the new guy is the yeah. new guy I'm talking about the new guy that that just taught this class he kept saying over and over do not ever pull this gun out if you do not intend to use it and you should be very very certain that it is a life or death situation he made sure to emphasize that way more than the first guy did he did he also talked about like the best bet is to retreat if you do do something like it's probably yeah. gonna cost you everything It'll cost in your you life everything you should leave it, it was good he was i i he was appreciated that. that he 100 yeah. said your ego's not worth it you shouldn't he's like you should try to get away and that's not something i even heard the first time nope. i took that class no nope. so very good but tragically i want to explain the process here Here's what I had to do to get oh my, my God, fucking renewal. Now I had to pay money for this. I had to pay $75 yep. and then I had to pay $150 to renew the fucking concealed carry. What I had to do to get that renewal was I had to watch a two and a half hour PowerPoint, a three hour PowerPoint. We had to do three. No, it was two and a half hours because we only spent a we half an hour over. shooting. Yeah. 
So we had to, you have to spend a three hour minimum time frame doing the work. It's a two and a half hour PowerPoint. There is no test. There is no questions. There is no review. No, you just have you to just be looking. Literally at have to be in the same room as it. Yep. You don't even have to look at it because at a certain point he's like, you guys want to look at your phones or something? You can't even. Yep. He said he's like, I'm not going to take your. I'm not going to tell you guys to hide your phones. It's a small class. I'm sure you guys are busy or whatever. And so he let us have our phones in front of us. And I, a couple times I had to text during the thing right. because I was talking to somebody else. But seriously, you don't even have to pay attention. And then the only test you have to oh take- Oh my God, I know. Is you have to go to the fucking firing range with this guy. He rents a range, a rents a, rents a line in the range. And then you have to, at five, seven, and 10 yards. And now- for people who aren't in the fucking English system or the whatever imperial system that we are, that's that's five. It's 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 five meters. It's less than five meters. Right. It's less than five meters because a yard is shorter than a meter. It's less than seven meters, and it's less than ten meters. Yep. You have to shoot ten times at each station, and you have to get a total of twenty-one shots into the black part of a target, an NRA-sized target, which is human. Huge. Size. It's huge. 21 out of 30 is a passing fucking Tom score. and I didn't miss it. Tom and I were both in the in the closest, right. like very close areas where you you 100% pass. F fucking five yards away is 15 feet. You could fucking almost reach out and poke it with a fucking broom. You could hold it with one hand and just like butterfly the trigger. And hit with, that. And hit that. It's, it's, it's a fucking unbelievable. joke. It's and unbelievable. Illinois is the hardest state to get a concealed that's carry permit. That's the thing that's crazy. That and, and like the other thing I want to talk about is how much time he spent trying to keep you safe if you have a fucking concealed carry from law enforcement. A huge amount yes. of the of the time, and I think rightfully so. But the whole time I'm thinking like this is why you shouldn't have a gun. Yeah, everything he's saying. Like at one point he said something like, "Well, you know, and you never know who's armed." And I'm thinking that's the problem. Yeah. You're making it worse by me sitting in your living yeah, room. Yeah, by giving adding other people a chance. Yeah, to that. But he spent so much time, like, telling you what to say to the cops. Like, if, if you're driving and the cop pulls you over, you're supposed to say, you're not supposed to say, like, I, I have, have a concealed a carry permit and I have a gun. And you're not supposed to say that because you don't want, like, some trigger-happy fucking Yahoo to hear the words, I have a gun, and just start opening fire on you. Yeah. Because America... So you're supposed to say something along the lines of, I have a concealed carry permit and I am carrying today, Yeah. right? So that the words, I have a gun, are never uttered so that trigger-happy fucking murderous cops don't shoot you for no fucking reason. We, there was a lot of time spent on it was, it was, how to not get murdered by the police. It was not exaggerating. Not, not, not exaggeration here. It was 30 minutes of time. It was 30 minutes of time where we spent, and, there's a, and that at that point, what is that? That's that's a fifth of the time. Right. A fifth of the time just sitting there listening to how to, because every police officer is like a fucking wild bear. And you've got to treat yep. every cop like they're a wild bear and they will just open fire. And it's weird because there's this weird, there's this weird cognitive dissonance that's happening in this guy who 100% is talking about how he loves law enforcement. Yeah. He even had like a little acronym for them. Leo. Call him Leo. Law enforcement officer. So he yeah. had Leos. He's like, Leos. And he's talking about how great Leos are and how this and that. And that. But at the same time, he's talking about how fucking trigger happy and right. terrified you should be if you get pulled over. And the whole time, I'm like, that, that whole class was just a list 
of reasons not to conceal it, carry. I, it was 100% Wasn't it? that. It was, that's exactly it. It's like three hours of- I can't imagine carrying after Holy shit. And then when you get to the list of the 24 places and their categories of places- no kidding. Where you can't, by law, carry your gun- and then if you do, it's a felony. And if you just like make a mistake by not having the right card in your wallet or you didn't update the fucking like address on your card because you moved last month or whatever, like everything's a felony. Yeah. So like the cops are going to shoot you. Some other dude's going to see your gun and get scared that you got a gun and take you out first if there is a fucking event. And then everything's a fucking felony. Yeah. And then if you use your gun, like it's going to ruin your fucking, the whole time is a fucking masterclass mm -hmm. on why would Why you would have you this, this thing? And, and every single place, Tom's right, there's like 25 places that you can't carry your gun. And it, it's literally all the places. It's everywhere you it's would want to go. It's everywhere you would want to go that you would think maybe you might be in a, you, you know, it might be a, a place where, you know, I don't know, something could happen there and I don't want to get, you know. But at the same time, you hear all these places. It's like, Every single place that's ever smelled alcohol, right? You can't ever take the gun. You can't take it on CTA. You can't take it on places like there's like it's like no parks, no, no, there's a, no like public land, like I, no like a million, just a places. million places. And it sucks. It's a stupid thing to carry it anyway. But like even if you thought like in your brain that you were trying to protect yourself. I don't see why you would ever fucking use this thing because you can't carry it. And you constantly have to go back to your car. Right. And, and then he's got this whole thing where there's certain places where you can't even have it on your person, stand up and take it off your person. Right. Outside the car because you could get a felony. And I'm just like, well, God, why would I carry it then? Yeah. It's the worst idea. I didn't even want to drive it to the range. Yeah. Like I was like, fuck, fuck's sake. Was what is wrong? This is the... It is the dumbest fucking thing that you could possibly carry on your person. I, I, the whole class, I'm like, why the fuck are you, are you teaching this? Are you, are you subtly telling it? But I don't think so. Yeah. I think he really thinks, and, and I think he's a genuine, honest person. And I think he really believes that narrative that yeah. he is protecting his family. But I'm like, but if I follow your rules, there's no place that this would be used. Like I could take it to my friend's yeah, house. Could, could, could I could be go strapped, to the grocery you could be store. strapped like fucking, uh, what's that fucking big meathead? Crowder. You could be strapped like right. Crowder in the studio. Right. Right. But who, like you're in a studio, you idiot. You know, like who cares? <laughs> I know. So there's no, there's not a place. God, it's a There's not thing. a place. And there's so many places in, the, in, in Illinois that since this became a thing, they immediately put up signs. Like, uh, fuck you. Like you didn't have so many places. Everyone the week has that after sign. the week after it became a thing, the place we were renting space at in Glory Hole Studios had to sign had the sign on the door. Couldn't take, it to the the couldn't take it to the studio. Yep. You could not take the gun to the studio. Why would you? But still, you couldn't. Yep. Right? So there's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And like you say, it it feels like a self-aware wolf. Like you're so right. close. <laughs> you're so fucking close, dude. Yeah. You're so close. It feels like all he needs is a nudge because there's so many moments where I thought, you hear you, right? You I, hear yeah. that this is a bad idea, right? But anyway, these people, they love, they love this, this, this idea of carrying a gun. And it's a very American thing to carry a gun. It's a very American idea to have guns. And so they they love this thing and they want to have it and they want to keep it. But for two times in a row, I could not be more surprised at how we had to take a test when we got our first one. But I don't even think that test was required now. No, I, I think he, just, I think he just gave it to us yeah. just to see who he was going to sign off on. Because I don't think that there's a test required. And we, there was no test required here except for a shooting test. And it's just such a scary thing 
that everybody did the same thing I do, that they can carry guns. <laughs> I, I will say one thing that I thought was like kind of adorable about this older guy. And I thought he was going to go in a different direction. So there's one time where he's he's about to describe, and you can sense where the sentence is going. He's about to describe this sort of ne'er-do-wells that one might be protecting oneself from, right? And, and he's got this whole like, if you see a woman getting raped in a dark alley, you can like shoot him like, or something. Like yeah, it's like, like yeah. Batman. Yeah, he's or got some like a shit. Batman complex right? going on. But he's like an older guy. And I thought for a second, like, oh my God, there's going to be some fucking coded racist language here. But instead he's like, you know, he's some, some kid and some street like, tough, some street tough in a leather jacket. I was like, oh, oh, it's like when there's a jet, you're yeah. a jet. He's, he's got this like old school. Yep. He's a hundred percent thinking of a greaser. Yep. He's thinking a greaser is the, is the threat. And, and it's, it was charming. You're it was right. charming. You're it, was, right. it was like adorable. I wanted to reach out to him. Like, it's not 1948, I'm so happy dude. you're not a racist. I know. Like, I, I love was just that like, part. so happy you're not a racist. But to, He also talked about citizens arrest, Cecil. Yeah, he did a couple times, yeah. Citizens, citizens arrest. arrest. What world are we in where you're, he's talking about like, like, well, if you choose to do a citizen's arrest, here are all the problems that might arise from and that. The, and the problems were so unreal and at the end he's like and if you and if it goes to a a a civil court you can basically get charged with fucking like imprisonment and kidnapping kidnapping, shit and they can take literally all your shit and i'm just like why on earth would i ever do that what is happening here holy shit why would i do that (laughs) it was was, crazy but you know what you can have in illinois because of your concealed carry now the most exciting thing in Illinois, a concealed carry lets you oh, have a switch. You can have a switch blade. No, a <laughs> Foyd does. A Foyd. A Foyd. So you could just have a regular Foyd. Though. Yeah. You yeah. can have a, so switch, you can have a blade switch blade. Because again, it's 1950s greaser time. Was, Pony boy and you can get into it. It was crazily <laughs> written in as one of the amendments. Because <laughs> somebody in the high, like big switch bait lobby wanted to make sure that was in there. But anyway, that's, that's what we did. We'll probably tell you about it again in another five years. It was so <laughs> it's funny. crazy. It was so funny. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. Tom, we read Demon Haunted World Chapter 5, Spoofing in Secrecy. And this chapter starts out talking about, uh, essentially talking about UFOs and what a UFO is. And again, how it's so always tied to the idea of the flying saucer and the visiting aliens. UFO is almost synonymous with that. You can't say UFO nowadays without evoking that idea. Talks about all the different things that we found in the past that we thought were, you know, UFOs and also, you know, visitation from other and then turned out to be nothing. Talks, spends a lot of time on Roswell talking about this. A lot, yeah. And about weather balloons, how weather balloons are... You know, weather balloons very often are mistaken for this. And I have a quick story about a balloon I'll get to in a second. I want to finish the synopsis real quick. And then he gets to the end of the chapter and he has a really important message. And I really liked the way this chapter sort of finished because what he says at the end essentially is, we shouldn't just throw things out and say that they're nothing. Something is being seen. There is something we are seeing. Right. We shouldn't just say there's nothing. And we shouldn't just 100% say that there's, that there's nothing happening because there is things happening. And the more we, the more that we 
do deny these things out of hand as skeptics, the more that we do that, the more chance we have of being fooled by the government and things like that, that are actually putting, you know, doing things like, you know, these, these projects that are throwing right. weather balloons in other places, trying to send weather balloons across Russia, trying to send supersonic jets through the atmosphere. All these times that we just wave a hand wave away, there is something. And it could be natural phenomenon. It could be is super low chance that it's fucking visitation from another planet that the government is hiding from right, us. Right. But it, we, we, when we hand wave that away, that makes us not only look like assholes, but it also makes us in some ways susceptible to being tricked. Yeah, I, I, I think the I think two things really stood out for me in this chapter. The, the first is that the first three quarters of the chapter really felt like a example masterclass on Occam's razor. Right. Right. It, it's, it, you know, you've got, you've got some choices to make in terms of deciding what seems most likely. Is it that we're in the middle of a cold war at the time that a lot of these sightings happened and, you know, there's going to be testing of the sort of defenses between Russia yeah. and America and that that's going to involve some people flying some sorties maybe into American airspace. And then, you know, the Air Force not wanting to say, I didn't know what that was. And so they legitimately deny knowledge. And so now you have a, a craft, which was reported, which, and Occam's razor is an important part of being a skeptic. Yeah. It's an important, important part of being a skeptic, which is more likely. And he goes through these different scenarios and they're all vastly, vastly more likely than some beings from another planet mastering the challenges of interstellar space travel and showing up to zip around yeah. mostly unseen yeah. and occasionally like fuck with your Pick prostate, up right? And, and shoot stuff up our ass, right. yeah. So I thought that was really good. And I thought to your point, Cecil, the, the other the sort of last third or quarter of the chapter was really like, look, what's important is that we find out what is true. And what is true is not being dismissive and it's not being credulous. It is seeking to find out what is actually happening. And if we are entirely credulous, that's one end of the spectrum. That's a fucking problem, yeah. right? That means, you know, we're believing in a whole bunch of bullshit that isn't true. But if we are dismissive, that's just the opposite end of the spectrum of credulity. And that's problematic too. Yeah. The goal of a skeptical mind should be to seek to find what's true based on the evidence provided. Sure. And dismissiveness is not helpful. Credulity is not helpful. You know, what's, what's, uh, what he talks about too um, is the, there's a point where he discusses how something was delivered to a reporter about uh, sort, sort of blurry photographs and a description that was supposed to be a declassified news, or not news, a declassified uh, and it wasn't declassified. It was a classified military record was yeah. supposed to be delivered to this person. This was a forgery that he clearly thinks is a forgery. Um, it was, you know, blurry photos and a description, and it was all written in such a way to make it seem like it was this big, you know, conspiracy being delivered to this person who then wrote about it and, you know, sort of searched about it and then did some digging about it and stuff like that. And it occurred to me when I was reading that, that how sophisticated you had to be back then 
in order mm. to trick somebody yeah. and troll somebody. How sophisticated you had to be. Because Q is literally a guy typing at his computer something that hasn't happened yet. Right. It's and just he, 4chan. And, and he somehow gets somebody to believe it. Right. Not just somebody's, a lot of somebody's right. to believe it. Right. Whereas this person went through all this trouble to, you know, type things yeah. out. And to manufacture take photos evidence. And, you know, to, to yeah. basically manufacture evidence and everything and just slide it in. And it struck me as one of those moments where it's like, I wonder what Carl would think. Because, yeah, you don't want to, you know, when, when somebody says they see something, you don't want to just out of hand say it's nothing, right? You want right. to be, but what is what would Carl think about Q? That's what I wonder, because that, that's clearly bullshit, right? It's yeah. clearly bullshit. It's an anonymous board. It's been shown time and time again that every single prediction is false. There's nothing happens. Nobody on the inside knows anything. It's all Nostradamus language. Right. It's like, you know, it, and it's always moving the goalposts, pushing it further down the line. It's all bullshit. But I wonder, you know, I wonder where he would come in on that. As you know, as a somebody who we we know is a skeptic, but also somebody who says, "Let's look at the evidence." You know, I wonder if he would stop and say, "Okay, well, that's the evidence. What what I just said was the evidence, and that's evidence." And I think I kind of feel like he'd be fucking heartbroken. Yeah, I think because like right. in the '90s, you needed to manufacture evidence, and we're just past even needing evidence. We don't even need it anymore. We're like, well, I will take any rumor. Literally it doesn't give matter. me a rumor from an matter. anonymous source Literally on a fucking matter. internet message yeah, board. Yeah. I want to talk about the balloon thing though, because I was in. Chicago, I think, or New York. I don't remember where. I was in a big city. And I was walking down the street and I was walking down and I had my headphones in and some guy stopped me. And I figured he was going to ask me for directions. That happens all the time. I have sure. a face of someone who thinks they knows where I'm at. To be fair, you have an excellent <laughs> sense of direction. It was but, probably me. But in any case, the guy's like, hey, do you see that up there? And I look and there's a red dot in the sky. And it's moving weird. It's like, yeah. vup, 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 vup. now it's daytime. Right. And I'm seeing this thing fucking, it's moving strange. It's like zipping this way and this way. And it's clearly because there's big buildings. Mm -hmm. I was in Chicago. Cause I remember I was like, when it was over the lake, I couldn't tell where it was. Right. right. You lost but then it moved in front of a building. Right. And I was like, oh, it's closer than the buildings is what I said to him. And I said, I'm not sure, but maybe a, maybe a bag or something or a piece of paper. And he's like, no, I don't think it's a piece of paper. And then a guy walks by, pulls his headphones out, looks up and goes, it's a balloon. And then he puts his <laughs> headphones and he walks past. And he was right. right. When you looked at it from where I was, it's hard to tell what it was because a balloon is round. There's right. some parts of it are brighter than others because of the way light works. You know, it's just like there's a shine to it. It's just hard to tell what it was. And it was moving weird. I right. mean, it was moving weird because wind currents in Chicago move things weird. Right. And so it was zipping back and forth. It was going up and down. It's it's kind of going all over the place. But it was a helium balloon that somebody lost control of. And it was flying through the air. And it genuinely looked, I don't, I wasn't going to say it looked like a spacecraft. Right. But it was something that it was definitely a UFO until that guy came by and told me it was a balloon. balloon. I didn't know. Right. But there's a big part of this chapter where Carl's talking about like, yeah, man, balloons can be fucking weird and they can float weird and they can do weird shit and they can trick a lot of people. Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting because we used balloons and then the Soviets used balloons and we still use balloons for lots of different stuff, for military stuff, for weather stuff, for radar stuff, just for stuff. Balloons are a cheap way to get yeah. stuff high up, yeah. but they weigh almost nothing. Yeah, And as a result, to your experience, they move around much more easily than things that have 
to be propelled through the air yeah. by their own forces yeah. and have inertia, right? Yeah. There's very little inertia to a fucking balloon. Yeah. And it gets, they have very little mass. It gets whipped around, yeah. Right. There's also a story in uh, in my in-laws family about, and I'm not really sure because I always kind of tune this story out. I'll be perfectly frank. I tune this story out. But it's something about like at a certain time a year every year, uh, they can see in the forest, there's a weird glow that comes back every year. It okay. happens every year. And around a certain time of year, they see the glow and they always attribute it to something supernatural. Like my family, my, my in-law family always attributes it to something supernatural. But I think like, I shouldn't just dismiss it, right? I shouldn't just say, oh, come on, that's not, get the fuck out. But I kind of do. Right. Because it, I think there is something but I 100% think it's probably atmospheric or it has to do with the moon or something like, because if it's happening every year, it probably happens at the same time every year, the same time that there's a tilt of the earth at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like there's sure, almost yeah. certain that it's, it's some sort of like, it's, I don't think it's meteorological. I think it's astronomical in some way that there's sure. something that's happening, right? But uh, but I, I think that there is a, that, 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 you know, like very often in my life, I've been the guy who's been like, come on, that's bullshit. There's nothing there. Come on, get the fuck out of here. But there is something, you know, you hear something in the middle of the night. There's something there. Sure. It's, yeah. it's not what you think. It's not the murderer. It's not the guy yeah, from right. Scream. It's not the fucking little girl from the ring. It's none of those things. Whenever you hear that, that's a fox. Yeah. <laughs> what all of the things you just described, that's what foxes sound like. <laughs> but seriously, you know, I mean yeah. it could be it's it's right. you know, it's something, but it's probably something completely harmless and innocuous or, you know, you didn't put something far enough on a counter and it, and it eventually fell off or something. You know what I mean? There's a million yeah, things right. that happen, little things that happen. Where something, you know, something happens in your house where you're just like, what was that? But there was something, mm -hmm. but it probably wasn't the thing that was, you know, that you should be alarmed about. And I think that that's the message I got out of this is like, there is something. Yeah. There's something that these people are seeing, these people that are driving. I remember there's been a couple times in my life I've seen, I saw one time I mistake, I mistook the, the moon in a puddle for something floating. I remember you telling me. I saw yep. that. I, there was another time I mistook uh, a seagull for a flying saucer when I was a kid. So there's been all the time, there's been times in my life I've fooled myself, right. right? It's not hard, but it was clearly something that was mundane about my world. It was not something that was extraordinary. I think too, that one thing that, that I took from this chapter is it, experts can be fooled. Regular lay people can be fooled. The point is to find out what it is. Yeah. You know, and, but if we leap to a supernatural conclusion, we're, we're, we're jumping over the fact that literally nothing has ever been proven to be supernatural. Right, right. Right? So that bar is so high to get over. Before I get to supernatural, I have to exhaust every possible natural, natural conclusion. All the natural. And if I don't exhaust every single possible, even the most unlikely natural conclusion, I have leapt into a world that has not yet one time ever been proven to have happened. Yeah. And the same is true of aliens. The same is true of all that stuff, yeah. right? You, I'm willing to go there, but it is necessarily at the very bottom of the yeah. list. And it's the hardest, it's the, it's the highest bar to get right. there because you've got, like you said, you've got to climb over all that other stuff. And, you know, Carl hasn't gotten into it as much. He has in a couple of previous chapters, but it's very clear that we want to believe this stuff. Well, yeah, we, we we're want, primed to We it. want to yeah. believe it. We yeah. want 
we want to convince ourselves that it's real because it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Because it's exciting or it confirms the biases that were given to us by our parents or by our friends. It, it's, it's, there's reasons why the human mind wants to, wants to believe this stuff. And there has been some hint of it earlier, but we'll probably get into more of it as the book goes on. So next week is chapter six. Join us for chapter six of Demon Haunted World. We're having a great time reading this. I'm just loving book. this book. I'm really enjoying it. So join in, uh, join in the fun, join in the comments, join in the, uh, with Tom reading it for patrons and, uh, and we'll be reading chapter six next week. Gary, you know what the ads need? What? Jingles, a tune, some sort of melodically histrionic dissertation. The fuck does that mean? Look, the listeners seem to like when we add songs or music, so let's do that. Okay, fine, like what? Well, I have a couple ideas. Here's a new song I was writing. <clears throat> Come together right now, Adam and Eve. Stop, I thought these were original songs. They, they are. Okay, sure, Ian. Next. Okay, here's a new, like, moody one. And you can tell everybody this is your thong. You got it at adamandeve.com. No. no. Use code glory. Use code what was wrong with that? Next, Ian. Next. Okay, try this. Be your own personal dildo. No. Okay, you'll like this one. When you want to come, it's adamandeve.com. Use the glory some for free stuff. I got a better one. Come body one told me. No, absolutely fucking not. Okay, okay. I, I was working on another one, but you have to let it breathe. Okay. Promise? Yes, fine. Welcome to the ad break. AdamEve.com Did I mention that our goal's for you to get it on? They've got thousands of products. You'll love them, of course. You know our promo code is glory. This ain't your first time. Welcome to the ad break. Come and stroke your meat on a sex wing with a cock ring and a dildo between your feet. Choose a product. Get half off six free movies to score. You like free shipping? Well, of course you do whore. Get a sexy free product for you and one for them and a third one you can both use on your curious roommate gym get a liberator nipple tickler mega 12 inch cock extender one clitoral stimulator suck your dick dual penetrator with swamper here's some dildo cleaning spray you should buy host thongs get a strapless trap on ball guy got on with a purple dong which pleasure will you choose from all things to glory use promo code at checkout adam and eve will make you come can I interest you in getting fucked some of the time? A little bit of getting fucked some of the time. Flick your bean or stick your wiener and enjoy an anal teaser. Most of you enjoy some fuck some of the time. Can I interest you? You really think that Adam and Eve wants that song attributed to their company? It's like all about the subversive and mesmerizing nature of modernity and the illusion of internet compartmentalization. No, I'm just using it as a contrafactum, like utilizing its melodic popularity by changing the words to fit my point of view. It's not an endorsement of the prior work's interpretation or a reflection thereof. Sure, but it's essentially a show tune from a specific musical focused on a particular set of themes, and attempting to decouple the melody from its overarching message seems contrived and counterproductive. Fine, fine, fine. We'll go back to this. <laughs> Give me those anal beats, pull them out slowly, please. I'm gonna get on my knees and use code GLORY. Jesus, remember when I used to sing the songs? Yeah, but I think I'm more relatable. Mm, that doesn't sound likely. Hmm. Yeah. 
Remember to use code GLORY at adamandeve.com. All right, so this is the last vulgarity for charity on this show for the fundraiser we did in 2019. It's been almost two years and a hell of a ride, but we are finally at the end of the roast. We wanted to close out the session with the guys that invited us to be part of this to begin with, the scathing atheist, Heath and (laughs) Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you, Cecil. Always happy to pass 40% of the work on to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And Eli is also here. Mm -hmm. He he came on. Okay, I get it. Needs to let his best friend have his own intro. <laughs> I see what you're doing, Cecil. I appreciate it. He like tries you. really hard, though. A for effort, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first up, a choice, Heath. You get to roast Kylie or an image of a pile of puppies. Oh. Pick your poison. All right, I'm going to go with the pile of puppies <laughs> because they're so stupid. They're so dumb. <laughs> Look at them. My face needs to go here right now, right now. But why though? <laughs> why does your face need to go there right now? <laughs> what happens? What what win is it when you wedge your face into that new spot? <laughs> shut up, shut up. I heard perfectly normal sound. It was just, there's a perfectly normal sound over here. It's over here. I'm checking it. I'm checking it. I'm checking it, boss. Okay. I'll go over here. I got it. Got it covered. Okay. My face needs to go here right now. Right under your hand with a full glass of wine. Right now. Right now. They're so dumb. They're the best. All right, Tom. All right. Madeline would like uh, one of your signature destroy you as a person style roasts for her horrible father, Paul. Oh, God. All right. Madeline, your father is afraid of you. That's just the straight truth. He's fucking terrified of you. He was afraid of you when he played that bullshit absentee game when you were a baby, and he's afraid of you now. He's a fucking coward, Madeline, because all he sees when he sees you is a reflection of his weakness and his failure. And that reflection is big and bright and loud and glaring, and it is everything about him. He's not an asshole to you because of you or anything about you, Madeline. He is an asshole because you are the walking strength that reaches into the tiny dark space where he is hiding inside of himself and it absolutely crushes him. He is an asshole because he can only quiet the voice in him that whispers on repeat every moment that he is nothing by yelling louder than the demons which tell him the truth of his own insignificance. Ignore the noise, Madeline. It's sound and fury to be sure, but it is still nothing. Okay. Well, we should give other people roast for dogs instead of just piling this all on Heath. So, Noah, can you roast this dog, Wesley, for Karen? They wanted the how do heretic guys, the uncles, to do this, so maybe try to n- make it not funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I'll see what I can do, but this, this is not an animal-shaped creature. Okay, it's going to be tough. It looks like something. You remember like in the early 2000s when badly drawn became a cartoon genre? Yes. It looks like something from one of those. It looks like somebody had to put together a dog quick using only what they had available. You know, like the thing to your left is a dog now or whatever. It's a fucking (laughs) show dog, too. I, I, I can only assume that means there's some kind of show themed around, look at the shape of this fucking head. This is scored entirely <laughs> on unexpected eye placement. <laughs> I thought this thing was fucking photoshopped. It really did. 
Eli, we know how much you like Twitter fights. Can you roast Chad Prather or at Watch Chad on Twitter for Slippy? Oh, Jesus. I literally had to ask my wife to log me into Twitter to read this asshole's tweets. Oh, if one could live the country music lifestyle, Chad is living that lifestyle. He looks like the kind of guy who asks where his good monster energy hat is on date night. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Obviously, no one wants to date Chad, so date night is just him sitting in the parking lot of Wing Street, which everyone knows is Pizza Hut, Chad. You're not fooling us. Just yelling into his front-facing camera about how Biden will never make him take a vaccine. <laughs> okay. This next one is for Clint Cecil. Roast Maureen Walsh, the Washington state senator who said nurses are probably playing cards all day. Oh That's God. so nice. Oh. Can a state senator talk about work ethic to literally anyone? <laughs> you work fucking six days a quarter, man. Your arduous job consists of you sitting and listening to things. Occasionally, you may have to raise your hand or lift a pen. Many times in my life, I heard the phrase dedicated nurse. But the words I'm about to say have never been uttered in this order in a genuine way in human history. Hardworking Republican senator. <laughs> okay, this next one is for Anonymous K. They would like their boss, Barbara, roasted. Hit it, Heath. Okay, so we didn't get a photo. Uh, I'll give it a shot anyway. Uh, Barbara looks like a, a well-known cartoon character with a funny sounding disease got fucked by an amorphous concept somehow. <laughs> um, also, despite being a low-level branch manager at a bank, Barbara is a ninja spy in her own head, apparently, and she wow. thinks people are following her all the time, so she literally takes a different route home every day. Oh, now, wow. Huh. I hate to ruin your thing, but if somebody's following you, they just follow you. They don't get confused <laughs> because you mixed it up that day. They're just like, at a certain point, they're just like, oh, we're following a crazy person. Uh, <laughs> they're not like Daffy Duck where you reverse the order of right and left uh, in a conversation. No, they just follow you. What do you guys think? Should we just ambush her when she gets home the place she goes every day? Yeah, let's just ambush her. <laughs> it is the, yeah, that's the end of all this. Switching up. Tom, another special request. Yep. Amy would like her uncle-in-law, Chris, to get a signature beating. Holy fucking shit. Your uncle Chris is like one of those cringe comedy villains where everything he does is so insanely awful that it somehow transcends the comedy itself until you want to hide your face from the TV so you don't have to witness the oblivious slow-motion self-destruction. Witness it, Arnie. Revel in it because fuckers like your uncle Chris, they will blow hard their way through the world because they can, because they confuse being outrageous and self-righteous with being useful, but he's not useful. He is a black hole of meaning and purpose. He is so obsessed with making you and everyone around you feel uncomfortable because he knows when he wakes up that if he doesn't find some way to put that feeling that he has no reason to have bothered with the effort of opening his eyes again for one more pointless fucking moment, one more meaningless day onto someone else that he just won't bother the next time. So see that shit for exactly what it is. And next time he tries that shit, just look him in the eye so he knows you've got him fucking pegged and call him on it out loud. Strip away just one layer and he'll know you see the purposeless void that is his stupid fucking life. <laughs> call him out on it 
and fucking yawn. Good lord, man. <laughs> the okay, yawn Cecil, this next one. <laughs> All right, Cecil, this next one is for Aaron. He wants you to roast his coworker, Dave. Okay, hey, Dave. I know you're a 46-year-old virgin waiting for marriage, so it's probably a lot better for your sanity to think that you're the one controlling the spigot of sex <laughs> that would easily be pouring <laughs> all over you if you wanted. <laughs> totally, totally a vol cell, not an incel. <laughs> I mean, what sane woman? wouldn't drown herself in her own juices when she saw you in your tap out shirt holding your Christian CD <laughs> Save some for the rest of us. Big guy. Wow. Wow. All right, John. John requested a roast of their mom. Oh, so good. Melody. So Noah, you're up. Oh, God, the picture is so amazing because nobody in the family likes her, so nobody has a picture. So it's just this weird cut off. <laughs> you gotta see her in the distance thing. <laughs> and I guess like Melody looks like she'd be out of place anywhere but hunting a shiffer robe, right? Like she's so archaic, <laughs> she couldn't even find a modern piece of furniture to haunt. And apparently, is it from a raisin in the sun that you're haunting? <laughs> and apparently, by the way, she'd see exactly as much of her kids if she got the fuck to the haunting, right? So Melody, by all means, practice up your chain clanking technique. Ooh, ooh, you can use all. The time you spent desperately alone because all your kids hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, this one's for you. Jared wants a roast of their brother in law, Phil. Yeah. So Phil is a MAGA loving sexist, and Jared included this Facebook post where Phil is like announcing to his social media that he sure hopes his wife fucks him for all the chores he's doing, but oh. he's fucking up. Literally every chore in the post. It's like a little photo montage. He's bathing the kid. He's got the spigot just pounding down on the kid's head, <laughs> soaping his eyes because he's too busy taking the fucking selfie. He's putting the trash bag they won't take in the can. He's washing the floor with a kitchen sponge. I hope Phil's wife took back a sex for this Facebook post. <laughs> I hope you fucked your wife one less time because of this. <laughs> It looks like it's time for our first. This category is friends. And you know what builds the best friendships? Radical honesty. No, it doesn't. So, <laughs> so I want you to fucking lie to me, buddy. Radically honest with the group. Tell them what they need to hear. Heath, you're first. Roast Eileen for Felix. All right. Hey, Eileen. So you know how people sometimes say, Superficial appearances don't matter. It's about how you are on the inside. Um, you should be worried about both because <laughs> your, your friends don't like you. It's not that you're paranoid. They just actually don't like you as a human being, like on the inside or the outside. You're not a likable or attractive person <laughs> in any way. <laughs> but wow, other than this that, is mean. This is such a mean oh, way to do this. So Oof. All right, I'll take the next one. This one's uh, this one is for Jake to roast Nathan. Hey, Jake, how hard is it looking down on someone you're supposed to look up to? He's his superior officer. He's like a full head taller than him. <laughs> okay, Nathan, come here, buddy. Has anyone ever talked to you about your pants? I mean, here you are in your dress blues with medals falling off your chest and you look like you rolled up your pants into a pillow and slept on it. <laughs> you look like you looted your leg armor from a level one mop. <laughs> 
Sam wants a roast of Brian podcast host. So Noah, this one's yours. Okay. Radical honesty. Brian, I saw your picture and apparently nobody else has the heart to tell you. Uh, you have a weird thin strip of beard stretching from your temple to your chin that must like I don't know, hide behind your cheek when you look in the mirror or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. There's no way somebody would do this on purpose, like such a silly and unflattering facial hair configuration. So I assume it's some kind of mirror issue. So <laughs> no, work, work on that. You got to open the thing, man. Oof. Okay. Yep. Next up, roast Kayla for Macy, Tom. Sure, sure. No problem. You put out your Christmas lights before Thanksgiving, oh, Kayla? fuck you, Kayla. <laughs> really? You have nothing else to look forward to. That's it. <laughs> Just fucking Christmas for six fucking weeks straight. And then what do you have left, Kayla? After the tinsel and the marshmallows and the cutesy fucking reindeer-themed bric-a-brac tchotchke bullshit littering your fucking house like some kind of tacky, overpriced, garish plastic holiday shrapnel. You have nothing. You have all the fucking creative soul and wit of an anonymous cinder block in an endless field of cinder blocks. You are light beige inside, you nutmeg spiced boar. Jeez, Tom. You know, you'd like if you just if you just lightened up and lived, laughed about it, you would feel better. See, I was eat, praying, and loving. I got it. Makes feel a lot better. Okay, Tom, another one. Yeah. Uh, you got to roast Philip for Macy. Okay. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, you know what Philip likes? Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. His best fucking friend in the entire world had literally endless character count to describe Philip. And we got that he likes the same movies as literally millions of other people <laughs> who also like those movies. <laughs> you, you know why? Because there's no Philip. I mean, sure, he's real and he'll probably help you move or loan you 20 bucks or whatever. But there's nothing there. He's just a guy who likes stuff. He rhymes with every other fucking guy who likes the same <laughs> popular, uninteresting, unchallenging shit they churn out en masse and sell to people without real identities so they don't go crazy like a bear in the zoo eating its own foot. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Philip likes Marvel movies. And if you take that away from him, I guess he's just a guy who drinks water every day so he doesn't die. <laughs> Do bears eat their own feet sometimes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than pace back and forth. Right. It had a little bite to it. Okay. <laughs> a big one too, because a barefoot is not yeah. small. Yeah. All right. Two people needing some radical honesty here, Eli. Victoria for Vincent and Vanessa for Perry. Perry. All right. Fucking up the alliteration there. Radical honesty. Okay. So Victoria's a hot trumper who thinks she's a DJ. So let's start with her. Oh. Hey, Victoria, five years. You have five years of people wanting to fuck you left. <laughs> That's how many you got. And then, and Victoria, this is true. I mean this from my heart. Nobody will care if you fucking die. Because, <laughs> because Victoria, your tits, starting at around 17, they did all the growing for you. And in five years, did I mention you have five years? Five years, five years max. Everyone and everything you think cares about you is going to fall away like melting snow. And ironically, so will your tits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then who's... Oh, we got Vanessa. Vanessa, the trans-evangelical yeah. Trump supporter, needs what? some radical honesty. What? Okay, hey, confusing. hey, Vanessa, bring it in, girl. They think you're a guy. 
They think you're a pervert who gets off on wearing garters and panties. And when you're not around, they warn each other about leaving you alone with their kids because they think you'll fuck them. And the minute you show even the slightest sign of being anything other than their token, the minute you refuse to pose for their fucking cultural equivalent of the college brochure, the minute you stop letting your body <laughs> and your heart be used in secret by their men, they will literally fucking kill you, Vanessa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Noah, roast Cosmo's friend, Jacob. Yeah, Cosmo gave me virtually nothing to work with here. Like, Jacob's a nice guy who trained Cosmo and looks like you haven't started fucking with your avatar yet. But <laughs> but, but I do know that he intentionally went to work for Amazon despite not being starving, right? So, Jacob, <laughs> you look like you have to pee real bad, man. You look like you <laughs> traded away micturation for a 90 cent an hour raise, and you're too proud to admit that was a mistake. But good luck with the bacterial retention in your bladder, dude. It'll worse <laughs> over your Cecil. Got one here for you, too. Uh, this is for Matthew. He wants uh, his mom and stepdad roasted. Okay. Of the three things pictured in this photo, your mom, your stepdad, and the brontosaurus from the Ark Park, the dinosaur is the best fucking parent <laughs> in the photo. It has a much larger brain capacity around walnut size, so it's better impulse control, better decision-making, and when it shits out kids, at least it leaves them alone. <laughs> we aren't done with Macy yet, guys. Here's another one for them. They want Philip's wife, Elia, roasted. Heath, take this one. All right, Elia. So, um... You know how it looks when a celebrity appears with one of their siblings on TV and the sibling kind of looks like the famous person, but like bad. Yeah. <laughs> bad person version. Elia is Carmelo Soprano, but bad. <laughs> a really low, low budget version of that. She's needy Falco. She, just, just bad. Fantastic. Oh, okay. Next up, we have a slew of axes. So let's get started. Tom, signature roast here for Karen, roasting her ex-husband, Rick. You know, I I actually think I roasted Rick already. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did, but then I thought about it and then I wasn't so sure because all these fucking lazy fucking men are so blandly the same, I can't remember one from the other. <laughs> and that's kind of my point, Karen. There was never anything special about Rick. Any asshole can leave you high and dry and blame you for shit they did or you did together or fucking whatever. Any asshole, in fact, will. That is standard asshole stuff. Rick's connection with his new girl isn't some all-encompassing transcendent love or he wouldn't tell you about it, Karen. He'd just bask in the glow of it and then drive his kids to the movies. But he's that guy, Karen. He's got no connections because there's nothing unique about him to hook onto or connect with. Rick isn't worth the time it takes to roast him. He'll turn out bland no matter how much heat we fucking apply here. And not one minute of the effort it takes to roast him or for you to be hurt or mad or hate him is worth it because at the end of the day, you're sinking more effort into Rick than Rick has ever sunk into himself. <laughs> he is a low effort, low energy, low value, bottom of the lost and found kind of guy, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I think that I have actually roasted him before, I really can't tell because he reeks of the same quiet desperation of every one of these fucking guys who drift their way through life. And I, for one, am sick of the stench of their mediocrity. <laughs> we Salt, need that fat, shit. acid, hate <laughs> from Tom. Oh, so good. So good. Noah, your turn. Danielle wants you to roast their ex-customer, 
Brian. Oh, wow. This douchebag. So in the picture that she sent, this dude is very clearly both mansplaining and manspreading. And from what Danny <laughs> says, like, that's not because, like, like that's because he literally never is not doing those two things, right? He's a self-important asshole who thinks he should get discounts because he's so religious, and he looks like he's waited his whole life for a chance to cock a gun and say, I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll! Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> an ex-girlfriend here, Eli, uh, roast Tia for Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter, I wish I had you here beside me. Not just so I could hold you in my arms, but so that everyone listening to this podcast could know just how fast you got over Tia. How long did it take, Pete? A month? Two? An especially hard yank? Because the <laughs> keto-evangelizing, steak-slobbering asshole is as gone from your mind as she is from everyone who's ever met her. Two years later, Pete, and I'd bet my left nut, the one that makes boys, the only meeting that ever happened to her is her eyebrows. Though, I doubt that took two years to happen, Pete. I doubt that took two years to happen. <laughs> Roast Emma's ex for Joseph Heath, uh, Andrew, a.k.a. Deebs. Okay, Andrew, Deebs, whatever the fuck. Dude, just be bald. Just to just to right. bald. you're bald. That giant mop of lower neck hair, not fooling anyone. <laughs> Nobody's looking at your hairline that starts on you know the area behind your ears and neck and saying, yeah, you know that averages out. That's not bald, right? If you count both parts, just like normal amount of hair. Uh, but I got a neck beard mullet. Nope, not how it works. You're bald. You're a bald man. Just accept it. You're bald. Okay, I'm gonna take Brian Canto for Lauren. So this guy's such a coward. He pieces out of his own relationship with his wife and his daughter without a word or his car keys or his pack of cigarettes. He just what? fucking jumps out the side of a window like he's robbing a house. <laughs> then after there are tons of, have you seen this guy stories for like a year, he shows back up when his wife wants a divorce, wants to divorce a missing person. Here's the thing, Brian, you fucking coward. They did a shit ton of stories about you going missing, but I couldn't find a single one about someone caring that they found you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes, that's great. Okay, last five. Oh. I'll go first with a roasted Jameson for his mother, Carol. So two photos included here. Jameson is wearing a coconut bra, and it, it looks like he's trying on moob armor for a risque fantasy photo shoot there. And the other, he's kissing, I guess, an intramural trophy. I'm not sure. I, okay, I know this is a little too much information, Carol, but that's how he makes out with his flashlight. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Kid, you look like the star of a Seth Rogen movie where the whole plot is the mystery of how he's dating a hot girl. That's the entire plot. <laughs> like King of Queens. Like, you're the guy in King of Queens. <laughs> you're the Duke of Queens. <laughs> and Tom, you're up. Chris wants a roast of Paul and Michelle. Okay, Paul and Michelle are psychologists with Chris at a correctional facility in Ontario, and they just, they just are fucking lazy. And don't get me wrong, I am all for laziness. I am a huge fucking fan of laziness. But if you want to be fucking lazy, there is a time and place and the place for being lazy is not in that place where everyone is literally counting on you and maybe people die if you don't help them. That's not your lazy place, assholes. Your lazy place is at home on your day off when you're wearing sweatpants with a big stain on the left leg and a t-shirt that's so old it's got more holes in it than actual coverage area, but they've been also been washed so often they're softer than mulberry silk. 
That's your fucking lazy time. Lazy time is not when you're working at a fucking correctional facility as a goddamn psychologist. That seems like the time to get to fucking work, helping people or finding a new job. Jesus Christ, you two, you're Canadian. How fucking hard can you work in Canada anyway? <laughs> Another wild card. This one is for Noah. Any topic or person, go for it. All right. Uh, how about I do people too lazy to come up with their own fucking roast topics? It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad enough that I got to find something to say about your boring ass generic looking relative, but now I got to come up with the motherfucker too? <laughs> Jesus, I can't be trusted with this kind of autonomy. I fucking hate everything and you're part oh. of everything, you asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> you lazy cop out bullshit. Apparently you're so bland that you don't even have anything interesting to hate so you fired a gun straight up in the air and told the bullet to pick up so pick its own target oh, jesus christ noah, that is oh, noah, i love you right now that is amazing but in irony sense you should have roasted heath based on last week <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was seriously fucking top shelf right there that's amazing all right last one is also a wild card. And it's for our favorite wild card, wild Heath. Oh. But Heath, Heath, I know it's a wild card, mm -hmm. but I would love it if you roasted James Lindsay's 200,000 like celebratory. No, I was going to do it. Yes, post. Post. I was already going to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. God. So good. Oh, it's amazing. Jimmy Concepts over there making an axe <laughs> kata post. Now, oh. all right. I feel like Cecil's making fun of it, but I think we all did learn, <laughs> we all did learn a valuable lesson from that, about what to do when you get attacked by an angry mob of invisible zombie ballerinas in slow motion underwater. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important. That's an important thing to learn. First, here's uh, what you do. First, you call timeout so you can, <laughs> you know, change into your Adidas warm-up pants that match your Adidas Samba shoes. Because, of course... You are an anti-feminist mathematician American white guy who plays a lot of indoor <laughs> soccer. So <laughs> you're rocking your sambas, you need your Adidas warm-up pants to match. So, okay, now you call time in. Well, no, you know what? Keep it a timeout. You're going to make a rule now about only attacking one at a time. That's the rule. <laughs> and also, this is key. Clockwise only. It's going to be clockwise. <laughs> this is America. There are rules. And once you get started with the fight, you want to make sure you do lots of um, light pushing with the wide top of your axe. That's, <laughs> that's your power move. You're going to generate the most power from the, the wide top of an axe. So you want to do a lot of strikes like that. Well, not quite strikes, but light pushes, like I said. And most importantly, there will be a conceptual penis hovering around trying to fuck your face at the end for most of your life. So you'll need to close it out with a very deep squat. Or a, a plie, as the zombie ballerinas I also I need I need to add one other detail that I learned about today. Somebody tweeted me a video of him doing another kata with what a comically oversized sword. I'm talking about like. Like Mitsurugi, like you can't carry it level size. <laughs> like Final Final Fantasy Seven levels. Yes, it is one of those. It's fucking priceless. It's like Cloud Sword. Yeah, it's like that, I'm, and not like exaggerate. I'm not like, oh, it's as big as no. It's that. It's actually that oh, big. God. And he's just slowly this. pushing it around and getting tired. He vomits at one point. I'm pretty sure when he comes back in. What a fucking clown. Thank you, Heath. It was everything I hoped it would be. Oh, amazing. 
That was all me right. kissing. I kissed you, Cecil. Guys, thank you all so much for your patience. Everyone who sent in a roast, thank you all for your patience. We we went through these as quickly as we could. And uh, also, scathing guys, thanks for coming on. And thank Eli, you, you too. Thanks for having us, man. <laughs> I was also here. <laughs> So no email this week or patrons, Tom, because we recorded very early. So we, we didn't did. get a, we, we have email, but we don't have a ton of email. We want to save the email for next week. And we also didn't get our patron list. We normally read that on Thursdays. There's no live stream. There was no live stream this last week. Go watch the previous one though, because it was super funny with the guy who was singing. It was, it was so much fun. So go check that out. But we will be doing a live stream again this upcoming week on Thursday nights. You can catch us anywhere. Uh, that you normally watch the live stream, which would be YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. I think maybe Twitter. I'm not sure. I don't know. But if you go to Twitter, you can definitely get a link. Um, but check us out, 9 p.m. Central Time. We normally go on for about an hour, hang out with fans, and just chit-chat. And uh, and then we normally cover a story or two. We have yeah, a good time. It's a fun good. time. It's different than the regular show. Yeah, it's very different than the regular show. Sometimes we eat a candy bar. It's weird. It's a but fun it's vibe. Fun, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Go back. Uh, check us out on uh, on those places. Or you can watch the show. Watch the show after it. You can watch the live stream after it happens. So uh, we also want to thank the scathing puzzle and the thunderstorm guys for coming on uh, and for doing this big long charity drive with us. You know they invited us on to join them, and it was really. Uh, it was really awesome the first time they asked us to do it. And they've been they've been asking us to come on every time. And it was their idea to start this whole thing, their idea for the entire roast stuff. And we've just been tagging along on their coattails and just having a blast. And we are so happy that they've included us in this. Um, they did a great job of organizing it. And we, uh, we helped organize it for the past couple of times. And uh, we hope to be involved in the future because it's just such a great time. But we want to thank them for coming on our show. Every time we had to do some roasts, we did a ton of roasts with them this year. And we're so happy that they joined us each time. That is going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.